Hey, I want you to come with me on a little journey. It is the 80th episode of the Sisterhood of Mommy Imperfect. And in case you don't know, I am Mommy Imperfect, aka Rina Ditti Annabelle. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to everyone who has listened over the past 79 episodes. More if you count series one, but that was a bit sporadic, you know, I was kind of finding my feet. This series, though, I have been on it. Apart from two weeks off with Christmas, I have brought you your weekly dose of girl chat and girl power, actually, because I'm on a mission with this podcast to celebrate and explore all things womanhood and motherhood to salute the game changers and applaud the trailblazers. This episode is going to be a little different to the usual. I want to take you on a little journey, like I said, because I have learned so much from chatting to my guests over the last year and a bit. And I wanted to bring you 80 standout moments, actually, because it's the 80th episode, you know, 80 lessons that I've learned, but that's obviously way too many. So I'm doing eight. So the first one, I just want to say that sometimes I get called out, you know, I get called out in the in the episodes by my guests. And I like that, you know, I am here like you to learn, which I do. That's what this is all about. You know, I'm here to inform. And so I go on that little journey myself. And then hopefully you're going to get something out of that as well. So I'm just going to play you this little clip of episode 57, where I spoke to Rabinda Virdi and Manjeet Gill from the charity Binti Period. And we discussed periods. So we discussed it all. Our first periods, the way menstruation is shown in mainstream TV, educating girls about why they bleed, breaking down myths and the environmental impact of period products. Listen to this. Our vision is to create a world where all women have menstrual dignity. So we do this in three ways. We provide access to period products. We provide menstrual education and we eradicate stigma and shame. And that's kind of like the bottom line stuff of mm-hmm. who we are and what we do. So the, the access to sanitary products that you said. So we kind of think about girls in developing countries. Oh, they don't have access to sanitary products. Because, you know, they don't have the money, um, the access. And it's a problem in the UK, though, as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm just going to push back on a couple of things you said also, just from that, those two sentences, because change starts with us, right? So we've done a lot of work around language, the language we choose around menstruation, because language defines whether we make progress or we stay stuck. So we don't use the word sanitary, for example. Okay. Sanitary suggests dirty. And I think when right. women have access to period products, there's nothing dirty about it. And then the other one was um, hygiene. Again, similar kind of concept. But I've forgotten what the question was now. Uh, the question was that, we seem to think that, um, you know, period products, that women in developing countries, they don't have access to them and there's a problem there, but that here, everyone's fine. It's not the yeah, case. I think, yeah, we, we kind of thought the same thing seven years ago. Seven years ago, we, when I first found out that women didn't have access in places across Africa, 
I didn't realize, or we realized very quickly, because I guess the best way to explain it is um, one in 10 people around the world still don't have access to clean water. When there's a natural disaster, we do drop food, we do drop water, but we don't drop period products and women still bleed. So there you have it. We do not call pad sanitary towels anymore. We call them period products because periods are not dirty. They are not dirty and we need to change our language in order to educate people about that. Something else that I learned, which is really important and has kind of changed the way that I shop. Not completely, but I'm getting there. I'm going back to episode 44. My guest in this episode is Sukina Garcia. So she's a fashion designer and she is a creator of the brand Life of Betty Brown, where style meets sustainability. So she shared with me some really shocking statistics about the devastating impact that the textile industry has on the environment and people's lives. In the fast fashion world, only 2% of garment workers in the fashion manufacturing industry are paid a living wage, enough for them to live, to buy food, to just buy their necessities. So that means 98% of people who work in the garment manufacturing industry in the world are are not earning enough to live. And 75% of that 98% are women who come from black, Asian, uh, Indian, you know, backgrounds. 75% of women. Yeah. But what can we do about it? Because that's horrific. And, and it's, and it's such on, on such a massive scale, like you said. What can we, as normal people, do about it? If there's one thing to help you to make a change, I ask you, well, I don't ask you, I beg you to watch a documentary called The True Cost. It's on Amazon. And if anybody wants to make a change in their lifestyle, you first have to make that change from within yourself to want to really make the difference. If you watch that documentary start to finish, you will never want to buy fast fashion again because you see the truth behind it. And I would say that that's a massive step, just educating yourself into starting to make a difference. There's small things that you can do at home, like just for instance, your washing machine, (laughs) your washing machine. When you wash, if you washed um, at say 30 degrees and say, say if the whole of the UK washed all their washing at 30 degrees, the impact that they would have on climate, which climate is a whole nother ball game. um, It would be like the same as taking 400,000 cars off the road. So that was just a little snippet of episode 44 of the podcast where I discussed with Sakina ways that we can tweak our lifestyles, dress better, shop better while saving the world, quite frankly. Like, I feel like we do owe it to our kids and future generations to make a positive impact on the planet. Like, my kids are quite worried, to be honest. They're quite worried what's going to happen to the world. And I don't want them to be sad about that because previous generations have, like, messed up the world, you know? It's not their fault, is it? So I do try to get organic cotton when I'm buying clothing. I do try and look for that. Like it's quite limited what you can get still. But I think just kind of having that in your head that, you know, I need to look out for this. I need to look out for that organic cotton. I need to look out for kinder uh, practices of 
cotton farming you know or recycled materials I'm trying to look for those you know and you know I've got three children right I don't have like tons of money to spend on each child or myself so you know I'm just like most of you you know I do look at prices and try and budget and stuff but you know even in in Primark um I I managed to find a really nice night suit. Yes, I said night suit, not PJs, but you know what I mean. So um, a nice night suit for my five-year-old daughter and it was organic cotton and it was really nice. Like it's actually quite well made and it's, you know, lasted well in the wash. But the most important thing is, you know, if it's organic cotton, um, it's just more, it's just better for the people who are producing it. These are sustainable farming methods. So yeah, um, that has really had an impact on me. Okay, now I am going to take you to episode 51. In that episode, um, and the episode is called Breaking Down Therapy. You know, I was joined by writer, content producer and mental health advocate, Kim, known as Brown Girl Kim on Insta. And we spoke about therapy. So Kim broke down the myths surrounding counselling and therapy and explained why you don't need to be a breaking point to get help. But she wrote about it openly in her autobiography because she's probably like, yeah, it was great. It was a great experience, which is exactly the reason why I talk about therapy, because I'm like, it's been a great experience for me. And I just want other people to experience that as well. I think there's something also that you're, when you're talking to somebody who is not in your immediate family or friend circle, you know, because I can talk to good friends about stuff or I can talk to my family but I know that if I am having some issue and I talk to my mom or my sisters then they'll start worrying and I adopted this random grandma um to <laughs> I, I think I was missing my grandma or something but like I was going through a phase in life and then at play group every week this Malaysian grandma she was so nice I would literally tell <laughs> my life story I would <laughs> I know and she wasn't ever judgmental or anything and she just used to be like, obviously she doesn't stress about me because I'm not her kid, but she, every week she's like, oh, how's it all going? How are things, you know, how are you guys getting on and this kind of thing. And it was actually really nice. Yeah, honestly, that's literally what therapy is. The way I like, like to describe it is like, your head is like this ball of wool. It's all mushed up. And it's like, your therapist is literally just like unwinding it for you and like putting it into like some kind of order so you're able to make sense of what's going on because really you don't want someone else giving opinions or giving advice about your life because they're not living it no one no one else is living your life like no one else can get inside your head and, and live your life so all you really need is like a push in the right direction as you heard there you know you don't have to be on the verge of a breakdown or having a breakdown in order to get therapy you know when I spoke to more people, you know, um, good friends of mine, they have had, you know, issues in their past, which still trouble them. Um, they struggle with anxiety and they just think, you know, I'm going to get help for this. I'm going to speak to somebody because I don't want this to impact me any further. And I don't want this to impact my children. And to me, that inspires me. And Kim inspired me because, it's, you know, I just think, I spend so much time focusing on my physical health, I really do, and a lot of people do this, you know, we go to the gym, we eat right, but our mental health, how much time do we give that really? How much? You know? What vitamins do we take for that? We don't. So maybe, you know, therapy is one of the things 
that we can do just to make sure that we're okay in that department. So yes, that is what I learned from that. Uh, and do please listen to that full episode because honestly, it's amazing. She dropped some gems on it. The next episode is episode 49 that I wanted to talk to you about. And this, we spoke about a lot of things. And my guests were Raj Panda and Hardeep. And they are the hosts of a podcast called Thank You Next, which is a brilliant podcast. You should definitely listen to that. And we spoke about lessons that we learned from lockdown one and what we were doing differently in lockdown three. We explored the world of female friendships, you know, which of us was a dog and which was a CCP, which stands for cute, cool and popular. My kids told me that. Um, and who was a dog masquerading as a CCP and also our expectations of love. But the main thing here is friendship. You know, I went through a phase where I was broke for quite a long time. You know, I didn't grow up with much money and that kind of affected friendships and we all kind of had a little chat about how money affects friendships i think the first time i started flexing was when i was at sixth form and it was like we were wearing our own clothes and i used to flex with like just branded like clothes like that were from tk maxx and i used to love it but like it became a thing that people started talking about and being like oh she thinks she's all that because she wears these clothes and she's always like yeah this 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 and i had to just set everyone straight as soon as they said it and as soon as i got wind of that and i was like Hi, yeah, I buy all of these from TK Maxx, so you can shut the fuck up. So you used to get like £30 EMA a week in like sixth form. But I used to take pride in that. I used to be like, that's fucking sick. The government gives me 30 quid a week. And then once you know, once I like accepted that, I feel like at, at the start it was probably like a bit uh, shameful. But then I was like, actually, no, it's not. Look at this. I get this advantage. There's an episode where they go and eat out. And because... um. Joey and Rachel and Phoebe haven't got a good job. They just keep eating breadsticks and drinking water. Oh. <laughs> and, then the other, and then the others order, oh, I love the steak, I love this and that. And then they try and split the bill. And I'm literally like, oh my God, that was <laughs> my life. I was, and that was quite a lot for me to be like, okay, now you're going to go. And it's going to be nice. You're going to see your friends, but it is going to be 50 quid ahead because they like going to nice places. They're not going to want to go to Pizza Express with a voucher which is what i would have done i guess you just have to have a conversation at you with your friends but i think sometimes those like bougie friends they can be like oh why are you being like this or you know sometimes maybe they won't be as understanding it's weird because in my group like everyone's really open about where they are and if they can't afford to do something then they can't afford to do it and then we just mm-hmm. adapt our plans and things like that um so yeah or if we're going somewhere bougie we'll go on a deal if we know that one of our mates is like struck out for cash or whatever or like there's been times where I'll just be like okay you haven't got a job right now let me get us these tickets to this gig and you can get me tickets to a gig next year do you know what I mean and Mm. you just you just work it out that way so did any of you relate to that at all um have you seen that episode of friends which is the one that I was talking about um anyway so I have learned from that from that chat be honest with friends you know don't try and just live up to what everybody else is doing um and i think since then there was an occasion where some of my friends who are my bougie friends were organizing this weekend away they were organizing this weekend away which is supposed to be a spa weekend i was like yes i'm gonna come and then it started turning into oh well let's do afternoon tea at the ritz and then we're gonna go clubbing and then we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do do that and you know I'm kind of thinking okay this is quite a lot of money for like one weekend and you know I'm I don't want to I don't want to blow 
that much of my budget on this i just don't want to because you know i'm saving for other things and for once in my life well not once in my life but i was very honest about it and just said look it's getting a little bit expensive for me you guys carry on and that is the way that i want to be from now on to be to just be transparent with my circle because my circle these days is quite small and if i can't be honest with them what is the point okay so episode 68 is another time when i got called out and i just want you to listen to the clip first um and it's one where i spoke to mum of four cancer survivor author speaker and award-winning podcaster Krina Diman from the podcast the intended parent have a listen as an intended parent your fear is always that you don't you don't walk away with a child um and she was like, I'll just let you know, my biggest fear is that you don't take your child because I don't want another baby. You know, it's it's not it's not easy. Anyone who sort of wakes up and says, yeah, you know what, I want a donor egg and it's not going to affect my mental health in any way. It's probably not telling you the truth. At any point, did you think, OK, there's already kids that need love and homes. Should I adopt? No, no, I didn't think of that. As humans, we have this inbuilt desire to procreate. You know, that's why we're here generation after generation. So whilst you know yes for some people who arrive at infertility adoption is the very next step because they don't want to go through surrogacy and they don't want to go through that very difficult journey for me that desire to sort of to 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 have a child from an embryo to a fetus to a pregnancy to delivering of a brand new baby that desire was really deep within me okay so you've listened to that clip and in that clip I asked Krina, did she not think about adopting because surrogacy and, you know, choosing an egg donor and all this is obviously a very long procedure, um, costly, and there obviously oh, there are kids out there that need to be loved, they need homes. Did she ever think of that? Now, since then, Krina put a post up on Instagram, not about me, but just generally because this is what she does. She talks about surrogacy and stuff. She put a post up saying about how um what were the words something like it's quite hurtful um and it's a fertility privilege people who have fertility privilege when they just say oh well why didn't you adopt then you know why did you do surrogacy why did you go down the route of surrogacy why didn't you adopt that's quite triggering you know because already a lot of things are going on where you cannot have children you you know as she expressed there's this need to have the children and you know, it's it's a thing that a lot of people who go through surrogacy, they become, you know, they find it quite irritating and hurtful when somebody mentions that. Now, I have to say that I do try to be devil's advocate in my podcast. Like, that's part of the job. Um, you know, if you, if you know about journalism, that's part of journalism. So I have to ask these questions that other people are going to think about. And I do challenge my guests to some extent. But also, I don't like to know that I triggered someone. So, you know, I have actually since apologised to Karina and I stand corrected, you know. But I'm here to learn. And Karina actually said, you know, it was a good thing in a way because it got it gave me a chance to learn and gave you guys, the listeners, a chance to learn. So there we go. I'm, I'm still on this journey. I don't know all the answers and I'm learning and I'm just, yeah, sharing that with you. Okay, so episode 50. I discussed love, loss and literature with journalist and writer Priya Mulji. 
So, you know, I don't pick up a book that much these days. Well, I didn't. I didn't before I spoke to Priya. I was mindlessly, mindlessly scrolling through my phone, watching TV and then trying to go to sleep after that. Priya is a book lover. We talked about books and this is what she said. Girl and the Goddess, which was amazing. Nikita Girl. Um, which it's about a, it follows like from a young child to sort of adulthood. And then she is visited by various goddesses throughout her life. And that was just, and it's in poetic form. So it's a a book in verse. So it's like escapism, but just beautiful. And there's illustrations. And there was this one book I read, but it's written, written by a man. So it's not women's fiction. But the Midnight Library, which has been like the first book I read this year, and it was just the one, just the book that I needed about a girl who's kind of between life and death. But you know, if if different, if things had happened differently in her life, how would they have turned out? And I've recommended that to a few people, and about three people have bought the book. As a kid, it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, as a teenager, oh, I'll have to read a book because ain't nothing else to do. So now because there's so much because all of this technology right you can't it's hard to switch off from it and i and it actually like stresses me out all of this because it's a lot of distractions should i give you a top tip should i give you a top tip for reading Mm -hmm. i read in the bath and i can sit there for or lie there for ages and i'm sure you're a mother so i'm sure you probably don't have time to take long baths i do have baths no. i do have baths but i'm an idiot i take a laptop and put it in the corner of the bathroom and watch shows when i'm in the bath or i do go on my phone no and don't that, do that i know don't I, do that no i know i should take a book no. i used to do that like take once, a book once I, I i read in the bath for so long that and the book was really good and that when i stood up i actually fainted <laughs> I've, been, I've been in there for so long <laughs> oh no bless you since then, I have spent a lot more time getting lost in books and I have a little book club with my friends. There's only like three of us in it, but we love it. And I think all three of us were like, oh, we need to start reading again. It's something that we used to do a lot. And now we're just like looking at our phone, just watching TV. And it's it's we've kind of veered off towards reading our own books now, but it has got us back into reading. And, you know, I went through a period of insomnia because my child was waking up all the time and my body was clock was going a bit funny so I read a lot of books during that time you know I read The Vanishing Half I read The Family Upstairs I read The Wives um I'm currently reading The Midnight Library which Priya was talking about and it's become kind of a, a habit that before bed I will read or sometimes you know even in the day I will read and I, I kind of want my kids to see that as well that I do pick up a book so yeah that has been um a really good lesson and and changed my life in a way and just i've kind of reverted back to how i used to be i love it so episode 63 this episode is about going gray now silver sister the gray indian haji a makeup artist she is no stranger to traditional beauty stereotypes and during lockdown last year she had this huge epiphany and she decided to ditch the dye and embrace going grey. Now I spoke to her about her decision to go grey and also the differences between men and women going grey. When I'm ready I will let it grow and I'll just 
I'll you know I'll be okay with it being grey but mine will probably be a big stripe here like an Indira Gandhi kind of stripe which I'm kind of looking forward to yeah because when it actually does grow through and I've seen other women it actually looks really cool that I know. one stripe just going on I like it <laughs> yeah so anyway so then my husband was like oh he looked at me he was like, he was like oh you've got some grey hairs haven't you and not like oh you should dye it or anything but you know I was like, oh, so, you know, what do you think? And he was like, I think I'll just need to get used to it. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, he he's not going to say to me, you should dye your hair because he's totally grey himself in terms yeah. of his facial hair. However, <laughs> there is that thing. And, I, and I, knew, I do know some people who are even like in their 50s now where if they don't dye their hair, their husband actually says to them, are you going to dye your hair? Because I don't yeah. like looking at your grey hairs. They literally yeah. say that. Yeah, I've got so an aunt like that. Yeah, and an uncle like that who does that. He says the same thing to his wife. He'll be like, "You need to dye your hair," but he's always been like that about the way that she yeah. dresses and so on. And they're in their sixties now, and uh, yeah, she still couldn't if she wanted to because he doesn't want her to. But he's grey himself. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. But I guess this is. I guess this is what is. Um, Men have always wanted to kind of appear like that, haven't they? Like, you know, um, without putting them all in one box, they've always wanted to appear like they've got a younger woman. Mm. You know, for them, it's like a, a great thing, you know, like my woman's still young, my woman, I can go grey, but I, I can pull a younger woman. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she's a wife for God knows how long, but, yeah. you know, it still makes them, you know, we, we joke about this. We say, like, you mm. know, a guy can be like, Big, fat, heavy, teeth missing, balding, whatever. And he will still walk confidently into a pub or a club and feel like he can pull that really gorgeous woman just standing there. You know, mm. they just have that self-confidence regardless of how they look. But they've been given the platform to have that, you know. They've yeah. been allowed to feel like that. They've been allowed to, you know, just feel confident in that way. Whereas women, there are so many... I mean, there are so many things with women that I think can break down their confidences, give them insecurities, and it's just... It's hard, but, you know, I feel like we're in an era now where feminism is on the rise. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of the equality is much more apparent. And, you know, I'm hoping that eventually it will happen. So the episode was about so much more than whether women should not should go grey gracefully or, sh or not. We discussed the pressure on women to look a certain way and, you know, the beauty industry that's fueled by insecurities and all that kind of thing. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, Hudji looks so amazing. She looks beautiful with her grey hair. And I've seen other women that pull it off so well. Like one of my good friends, she just looks amazing, like stunning with her grey hair. I was really like set to, well, I was trying to be one of those women. I was really trying to be one of those women, but, and I thought I could, but then... I went to the salon to make an appointment for balayage and I thought, you know, I want to change. I want to just experiment a little bit with hair colour still. And that involved obviously getting my roots dyed. And when those roots were dyed, I'm not even going to lie. I looked at myself and I was like, oh my God, I'm back. It's me. You know, I felt like a new woman. I felt like myself again. And that's when I knew I'm not ready. I am not ready to go grey. That was the lesson I learned from that. And I don't think that was the lesson I was supposed to learn from that. But the lesson I did learn was I am not ready to go grey yet. Maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revisit that in 10 years time and think about it then. Although I might be like my mum who dyes her hair now. She's like over 60. She claims she looks like a badger if she lets her hair grow. I don't know. I may be like that. I don't know. But I'm going to revisit that one. 
So, episode 79, which was last week's episode, I spoke to Remy Ray, who is an influencer and leadership and performance coach. And we spoke about imposter syndrome, which is when you feel like a fraud, like everybody else is more intelligent and deserving than you. And it's one of the reasons that accomplished people frequently struggle with feelings of self-doubt. Now, we discussed how imposter syndrome affects women, how we can manage it. Remy told me about the struggles that led to her becoming an entrepreneur, what makes a leader and how women can build the confidence to chase their dreams. Listen to this clip. Any time that somebody's told me no, especially from an entrepreneurial perspective, I don't care who you are. If I believe in that thing enough, I'll put a thousand percent behind it and I'll do whatever I can to make it, you know, continue to bubble or go forward or whatever. And that's how I ended up showcasing in Nigeria. That's how come I ended up showcasing Australia. It wasn't because I thought at the beginning of my journey that that's where it would end. I was like, oh, you don't like me in fashion. You don't like me. Um, at this institute or whatever they say you must go to to be able to enter fashion forget that I'll create my own lane and you know I can happily say that I've contributed to a billion dollar industry which is the plus size fashion world now based on me sticking to my guns and saying you know what I'll do it anyway I'll do it scared I'll do it without I'll do it with the little that I have I know that this is important I'm coming from a good Mm -hmm. space I'm trying to put positivity out in the world Um, and so I created my own hype I love that creating your own hype because there is a, I've noticed a difference there's some people who are like super talented they're driven in their own way and mm. you know they're very passionate about what they do they'll quietly sit there they'll write plans they'll write scripts they'll they'll mm. work hard they'll create things and then there's people who are slightly lesser talented let's say right? right they create hype they create their own hype everyone's like oh my god this is amazing this is amazing and then the, the person who is probably more talented in a corner quietly working away they're not being noticed so I just I I totally 100% agree with what you said you have to have that element right of you have to because no one's because not necessarily are people just going to get discovered and then hyped up I think we have more mediums now to be discovered but you still got to show up yeah like you if you didn't show up on social we wouldn't be here now like it's there is a effect that takes place here it, it just it doesn't just happen <laughs> you know somebody has to bust a move is what I say like somebody has to take action yeah. for us to be able to sit here and break bread like this um and I think sometimes we're too stiff we're not even arc skin right we're not showing up <laughs> we're not we're not um promoting what we do we've promoted it once on social media and then we think we've launched like no you need to show up a minimum <laughs> a minimum of seven times for somebody to even make take action or take the steps towards maybe purchasing your stuff half of us especially women and women of color we're like you know what I showed up once this week and told them about what I do and that was it I I hope they all come to buy well yeah or or you like oh no it's too much oh no you know I can't be that person oh no they're gonna think I'm too uh, much right and so no you're gonna get all of this Remy Rain because I need to tell you about what I do I need to tell you that I serve neurodivergent people I need to tell you about my back-end experience so I qualify myself I need to show you how I articulate my value and things of that nature because this is the industry that I say that I want to be a part of so I'm not expecting anyone to hand anything out to me. It's it's on me to show up, you know? So the thing that came out of there, the lesson learned was to create your own hype. Show up for yourself. 
you know, and not just once a week, not just like, oh, well, I've posted this, like we talked about in there, keep going, keep doing it. And I really, you know, I kind of knew that anyway, but I needed to hear that again. I needed to hear that again. And um, thank you, Remy, because that is going to stay with me now. I listen, I hope that you guys have really enjoyed this. I know it's a bit of a different episode, but I just wanted to share that all that with you. And I just want to say thank you for listening. Keep listening, please. Um, check out those episodes that I, I um, played you some clips from because they're really worth listening to. You know, I was a little bit worried at the beginning of the summer holidays, like, oh my God, I'm going to do this podcast. I don't like taking weeks off. I want to still keep making content. And then funnily enough, I've actually produced some of my best content during this summer holiday time. Um, I'm, I'm super proud of it. I'm so grateful for everybody who's been who's come on this podcast um if there's anything that you think that i should be talking about anyone that you think should be on this podcast who i should be chatting to let me know get in touch follow me on at sisterhood of mommy imperfect or at rena d annabelle there's a mommy imperfect facebook page as well also i'm on twitter rena dipti on twitter i think it is and listen if you haven't subscribed please do so please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's going to help other people to find this podcast. Please do share it as well. Share this episode, share other episodes. Um, thank you. Until next week, take care, Bernie. Okay, bye.